Please be nice as you answer this question. Did you notice anything strange about our service today? I'm going to try to be nice like I just asked you to. So I'm not even going to mention that we got kind of mixed up by who was going first this morning, uh, the choir or the pastor. But that's not what I'm talking about. Certainly we're doing some things differently today. We've got the, the hymnals uh, in the pews. We're singing hymns right from them, not printing them in the worship folders. I wouldn't really call that strange either because you can probably, many of us, think back to when we did that on a pretty regular basis. It's a brand new church year today. But that happens every year, so I wouldn't call that strange either. But I kind of wonder if any of you happen to think that it was a little strange for us to be reading the account of Jesus riding into Jerusalem today. Now I get it. You probably don't think about these things quite the same way that I do as a pastor. And I'm not going to quiz you about what's the gospel for the second Sunday in Lent, thinking that you'll know that, and that every Sunday you have an expectation of, this is what I'm going to hear that Sunday. But I have a feeling that you might associate this reading with a different Sunday of the church here. Palm Sunday? The, I mean, we name that day for the palms that people cut and put in front of Jesus. It's not mentioned in the gospel for today, but other gospels mention it. We name that day Palm Sunday because of those palms, and so usually we're listening to that account on the Sunday before Easter, Palm Sunday, not first Sunday of Advent. Maybe it didn't strike you that way, but maybe it did. Is it a little strange to look at Jesus riding into Jerusalem, a Palm Sunday lesson on the first Sunday in Advent? It feels a little strange to me. And I don't want to get, I don't want to get too bogged down in these details or make this service all about our new hymnals, but I do feel you might be interested in the explanation that the reason this reading is here is there's a new lectionary released in these new hymnals, very similar from the one we've been using, but with a few differences, and this is one of those differences. But at least part of the reason why they chose this reading is it goes back to the historic lectionaries when the account of Jesus riding into Jerusalem was the reading appointed for the first Sunday of Advent. So while it maybe feels a little unusual to us to look at the Palm Sunday ride on this Sunday, it's definitely a fine place to look to learn about how God comes near to His people. And it's definitely a fine place to see how the Lord humbles Himself when He comes near. Now, there's no doubt 
that what we see from Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem is him humbling himself. Jesus rides on a lowly beast of burden on a donkey. It doesn't even belong to him. He had to borrow it from somebody else in order to make this ride. And he doesn't receive any formal welcome into the city, meeting the leaders of the, the town or the nation. It's just him and his disciples. The welcome that he gets is the impromptu cheering from the crowds. And that welcome, which as nice as it is, is certainly humble because it's far less than what Jesus really deserves. And there are reminders throughout this account of the sort of welcome that Jesus really does deserve. There are glimpses of His almighty power, the, the power that belongs to Him as God. We'll make mention of a few. Jesus makes predictions about what the disciples will find when they go to get the donkey. And Everything that he told them would happen, happened. Exactly the way he told them that it would. And then Jesus climbs on the donkey that had never been ridden before, and he rides it through these narrow streets that's surrounded by a loud crowd. And I'm not an expert on donkeys, but I don't think that's how you'd expect the donkey to respond if he hadn't been ridden on before and was being raised to do work. You see, Jesus didn't need to be humble. He was in control of all of it. He was in control of everything at every moment. And the people, the crowd, they shouted his praises. They shouted, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They knew that this was a special event. They knew that this man was somebody special. I suspect, though, that they didn't even realize quite how special he was. Still, their words rightly identified him as the Messiah, the Christ, the one whom God had sent. They recalled all the miracles that they had heard about him doing, those miracles that Jesus had become known for, and they praised God. And Jesus deserved every word of it and even more. <clears throat> Jesus didn't need to be humble. In fact, the Pharisees in the crowd wanted to put a stop to what was happening, so they asked Jesus about it, and he told them that if the people were quiet, the stones would cry out. That's the power that Jesus had at his disposal. He simply didn't need to be humble. Now that's quite a contrast between Jesus and us. Jesus humbled himself when he didn't need to be humble. And we tend to approach things from the other direction or to be prone to refusing to humble ourselves even when we ought to. You've maybe met, you've probably met the person who thinks that he or she is always right and always knows best. The person who thinks that their opinion should stand and be shared by everyone or be imposed on everyone. You've probably met the person who you are convinced 
they should be taken down a level, maybe two. But as easy as it is for us to see those sorts of faults in somebody else, we really ought to realize how we share in those same sinful and self-centered issues. We're born with a sinful, selfish nature. We hang on to our selfishness all throughout our lives. We are so generous in giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt about the things that we do, but we're so slow in giving that same benefit of the doubt to others when we might disagree with them. And the God who created us to love Him and to serve Him and to love and to serve others, God has every right to judge and condemn us. In other words, we might expect that when God comes near, He's going to humble us. But that's not what He does. You see, Jesus didn't need to be humble, but we needed Jesus to be humble. And so, God comes near and humbles Himself. That's why Jesus came in the way that he did. His whole life was like this, and his ride into Jerusalem is just one encapsulation of this truth. Jesus was God himself from eternity, who had become a true human being to live on earth together with us. He humbled himself. He was a king He deserved every bit of pomp and circumstance, every bit of royal fanfare and recognition, but he was a lowly king. He was a humble king. He rode on a donkey instead of a fine and fancy horse. He was accompanied by his disciples instead of being accompanied by legions of soldiers or angels. He humbled himself. He made it clear all along that his kingdom was a spiritual kingdom. That he was interested in something much more important than politics and policies. He was interested in salvation for people. In saving them from their sins. Rescuing them from the destruction and condemnation that they deserve. And so for us, He humbled Himself. And He humbled Himself all the way to His death. That's ultimately why Jesus was making His way into Jerusalem. That was the royal business He had there. This was a king fighting a battle, but He wasn't fighting it with soldiers and weapons against the leaders and rulers of the land. He was fighting against the devil and sin and death. And His weapon was His loving, humble service. His perfect and holy life, His innocent suffering and death. He didn't need to be humble, but we needed Him to be humble. If He had not humbled Himself in this way, we would have had no hope. And now He wants that news, He wants that message to be heard. He wants people to know. 
When Jesus said that even the stones was cried out, or the stones would cry out, it wasn't because he needed the praises. It wasn't because he needed to feel better about himself. It was because he wanted people to know the truth about who he was and what he was doing. He was the one who had come in the name of the Lord, the one who would bring peace, the one who would bring heaven. When Jesus came, He came humbly. And He still comes to His people in humble ways. He comes through preaching and teaching by work that's done by sinful human beings. He comes in the water of holy baptism by the power of God's Word of promise. He comes in a special meal that feeds us with His true body and blood for forgiveness. He comes through lowly people who tell other lowly people about Him. About the One who lowered Himself for all of us. This means that He's given you opportunities He gives us the chance to serve Him by by setting aside our politics and opinions so that we can serve others. He gives us the chance to tell others about the hope that we have in Jesus. He gives us opportunities to support pastors and teachers and training schools and missionaries, all of which are focused on sharing God's Word with others near and far, now and in generations to come. And there's an urgency to the opportunities before us. We can't really begin a new church year in an Advent season without considering the Lord coming near to us again. Without thinking about how Jesus will come back again. He's given that promise in His Word. He's told us that He's coming back. But this time He won't be riding a donkey. He'll be riding on the clouds. And He won't be accompanied only by His disciples. He will be joined by His army of angels. And He won't come to humble Himself to die for us. He will come in all His power and glory. To be a judge. And you will be ready for him. You will be ready for him because he humbled himself for you. And because God led you to humbly receive his forgiveness. It may seem strange that we're considering the ride into Jerusalem on the first Sunday in Advent. And I've already told you it seems a little strange to me. I suppose there are probably going to be some other things here and there, maybe still today, but maybe in the future as we get used to a new hymnal and lectionary that we'll find a little strange. But the beauty of those books and the beauty of our worship services throughout the year is that they point us to Jesus. 
They teach us about who He is. They teach us about what He has done for us. They remind us of the promises that He's made to us and the love that He has for us. They tell us that when our Lord comes near, He humbles Himself. He humbles Himself for our sake and then one day, He will share His glory with us. May God keep us in that amazing grace. Amen.